0: What is up, everyone? It is Friday night, which means independent comics and independent wrestling on your favorite podcast, Indie Alley. I'm here with Joey and Fred right at the top of the show, and we have a special guest tonight from Five Meat Comics, Oscar Grudge. (laughs) i knew i was gonna mess it up he's gonna
1: say alex gracia
0: (laughs) i know how i was garza i'm sorry because i had alex gracia on my head because we were talking about wrestling before this
2: who doesn't uh, yeah (laughs) what's up everybody oscar garza five meets comics let's talk some comics and or wrestling.
0: Definitely. Um, so, you know, Fred and I always make jokes that you are what our show is. We, we stole your gimmick, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, this is a gimmick that needs to be spread far and wide, let me tell you. Uh, ain't nothing cooler than comics and wrestling. If you can talk it all at the same time with some good homies, it's some fun right there. It's great to finally have you on the show. We wanted to have you on the show a while back, and then shit didn't
0: happen, and, and then we wanted to have you on for the Kickstarter, and again, we didn't have it together, so it's awesome to have you on and give us an update about your Kickstarter, talk a little bit about Mashbone and Grifty. I want to go hit back on Lemon Pepper Hugs, and Joey wants to learn a lot about wrestling.
2: Yeah, Right on. Well, <laughs> Oh, I just want to say I just want to say that uh, I'm a longtime listener, by the way, way oh, back no, in the no, no. real comics days. Yeah. Uh and the and the street level floppy days Ooh, too.
0: Old school. And the yeah. real comics. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what this is. That was a long time ago, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. You followed us way back then. And you know what? I didn't know Five Meats was one guy or five guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Five guys is another kind of hamburger. That's not us. <laughs>
1: they stole your gimmick right. too? Yeah, so um <laughs> Since we have you on, why don't you uh, tell everyone how, like, yourself and Rolando have met each other over the years and how your friendship has grown to create this comic?
2: Cool. Well, uh, Rolando, my co-writer, we both grew up in Brownsville, Texas, on the border with Mexico. And uh, we met each other in middle school uh, and we just hooked up over our love of wrestling and comics. Uh, He was a huge mark for X-Men. Uh, and I was a huge Ninja Turtle fan uh, and, um, and, well, and Batman as well. And so we just talked about comics all the time and talked about, talked about uh, wrestling. And we eventually uh, started coming up with stories of our own because we just like to tell stories. We're just natural t- uh, storytellers. And so we came up with wrestling names, wrestling gimmicks. You know wrestling feuds with you know the armchair booking booking the (laughs) territories, brother, and uh, and we did the same for comics, which eventually led us to uh, Matchbone and Grifty, which is uh, just a bunch of random jokes and gags that we would tell each other in college because we moved to the same we moved to Houston together. Not together, we did it uh, like a year apart, but uh, and we would just hang out then and, and make make up stories to make each other laugh. And I was in school for animation and it eventually became uh why don't we do something with these stories and it took a long time because we started off wanting to do uh short films you know starting like super ambitious and we just whittled our way down to what can we actually do you know like what can we actually get out the door uh by ourselves and that became the comic
0: yeah
2: definitely because you self-published the first three correct
0: so yeah, it wasn't and this, and this the and, and the
2: upcoming. Uh, I'm sorry, what?
0: So I, it wasn't Kickstarter, right? For the, oh, the written
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, we self-published uh-huh. like out of our own pockets. Yeah, in uh, other words, you
0: guys just went uh, out there and put together a comic.
2: Yeah, and we we did that for the first issue, mm-hmm. Um we yeah we printed like a hundred of them, and started going to conventions and selling them, and all the money that we that we brought in just went straight into the comic. So. Uh, Issue one funded issue two. Issue two funded issue three. Uh, Mm -hmm. Issue three would have funded issue four, but um, uh, you know life happens, and we just ended up spending the money and spending the money to go to more conventions. Okay. So that money just went to go to more conventions and more conventions because then we started like uh, being able to turn a profit at these at these conventions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And once we got to the issue four. Uh, we started getting a little more ambitious and like wanting to print in color and four makes a big meaty book you know about 220 mm-hmm. pages yeah. so it's like this is let's call this volume one and mm-hmm. and print out the graphic novel nice. but that costs a little more money than what we can make at convention so yeah. hence the kickstarter yeah go ahead Britt.
1: i was gonna say so what made you come up with like the the detective agency of match Mashbone and grifty like what how did you guys come up with this
2: well we were huge fans of the big lebowski growing up we just found it to be a completely uh well made but absurd movie on how this guy who's a loser and does nothing with his life just up and becomes a private detective without even like without even him knowing that he's doing it we just thought that was so ridiculous and uh we we quoted it so many times you know growing up in college and in high school and if you look it's pretty clear uh every issue of mashbone and grifty has multiple lebowski references uh whether it's um a drawing of uh uh drunk in a swimming pool Uh or whether it's like things they're saying so we just thought it would be uh the, the, the funniest thing we could do to move a story along, which is solving mysteries. I was also a huge Scooby-Doo fan. And like a way to have adventure and action without having uh, tons of like action and fights and, and, and violence and shooting. Because I mean, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. But like for me personally, it's hard for me to wrap a package around that. Uh, especially like with like comedy wise and uh, you know, watching something like hyper violent, like um, like Rick and Morty, for, for example, I get a huge kick out of Rick and Morty, but the bar is set so high for them that like, you got to keep going and going. And uh, I, I prefer to work smaller with the ridiculousness and have just like one extreme, holy shit moment in each comic (laughs) Yeah, I, I love that it has so much um,
0: pop culture in it. You know, as a fan of pop culture, you can reread that comic multiple times and catch something you didn't catch the first time through. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, that's what we definitely try to do. Because, you know, you're reading the comic and sometimes you don't catch them all right away. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's about that. Or that's a reference to that. Like you kind of mentioned to us about um, you put um, a wrestling reference in there. Yeah. Telling us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, we got some wrestling lingo. Uh we're adding more and more wrestling lingo a- as the issues go on. Uh issue four has a good amount of of, of of wrestling stuff like, you know, I'm working him, you know, uh you know, I feel bad working him, bro. I wanna keep it kayfabe things like that. <laughs> oh uh and and I'm shooting with you. Yeah. We use that a lot now.
3: Um, would you say like for like you said uh Rick and Morty like you don't have to watch those shows. It doesn't it doesn't like it's not like a full circle story Like they all connect like would you say that you could just start on any of them or would they?
2: That's a great question. Enjoy bag of donuts. Actually. <laughs> yes Uh, I, At the conventions I tell people uh sometimes They'll have like they'll only have seven bucks and and they'll say well I don't know which one to get should I get issue one and I tell them like get whichever one you want because if you read them all, it does flow together. But if you read them separate, you're not lost. Because the beginning is always the same. We're, hang- we're, we're hanging out at the bar. Uh, we're, you know, uh, amateur detect- uh, freelance detectives. And then somebody comes in with a problem. Uh, and that's the way each one starts. And each one has a different theme. So when, if, when someone's like kind of wishy-washy on which one they want to start, if they only want to do one, I'll say, you know, Issue one is a parody of like the old crime noir uh, kind of whodunits. Mm-hmm. Uh, issue two is like a, a silly sports theme. Issue three is Christmas. And issue four is uh, it has a, a video game uh, theme to it. So if you're only going to do one, you just start with whichever you want.
3: Yeah, whichever one really uh, draws you in.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, one thing I also appreciate
0: about it is um, the Mexican-American, Tejano, Chicano references you put in there. Like that first issue, particularly you have El Chavo, you have a Selena poster on the wall. (laughs) Um, the, the, The luchador. You have all these things that really, you know, tells you that this is in Brownsville, Texas. You know, this is, you know.
2: Well, uh well, let me stop you right there real comics this uh this comic book is takes place in New Brownsville any uh, similarity between brownsville and new brownsville uh is, is completely coincidental no yeah we uh it, it's definitely takes place in our hometown uh, and it, it has a lot of the stuff that we grew up in and a lot of the, the ways that, that we talk uh a lot of it's um instead of like just coming up with the script and, and, and trying to uh make it sound you know i guess prim and proper or whatever and clever uh i prefer to just say it and if, it, if i'm saying it out loud and it makes me laugh it goes in the book you know uh and that's definitely how me and rolando work rolando's really good at coming up with a story and i'm really good at just like making it dumb <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, what i do
1: for the podcast so I you. <laughs> yeah so that's
2: uh yeah, and there's a lot of, like, the way that they talk is definitely the way that we used to talk growing up. Um, and, and, and we do that with a lot of our stuff, like, even in wrestling. The, the, like, the wrestling character that I portray, the, the, the voice that he uses is just a really bad impression of my grandma. <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: Oh. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Awesome. <laughs> um, speaking of like, like we we hit a little bit about issue one before we stepped on here, but um, issue two, you kind of bring in like it deals with like uh, hobos. Now, were you inspired by like bum fights at the
2: time when he came up with this? Oh, absolutely. Bum fights is like it was awful. Bum <laughs> fights was horrible. You know, like the stuff that they put those people through for money. Uh, it was like, I mean, it's offensive. It's it's it was dirty. It was awful. And when you're a kid, that shit is funny, you know. Yeah, yeah totally. So, is. you know, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm 38. You know, I feel like I'm 60, uh, because of wrestling. And like, yeah, you look back on that stuff and like, I, we would think like, oh man, bump fight was so cool. And then you look at it now and you're like, oh my. what were we thinking that's horrible (laughs) it's definitely a commentary on that kind of stuff and like Uh, the whole like uh uh you know was it the pani surco you know the 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 ridiculous entertainment just to keep the masses happy and distracted uh that's definitely what we went for and bum definitely played a role i mean uh uh uh, Lou Stabbs definitely looks a little bit like Rufus from Bumfight. That is that is no coincidence. Uh, and um, yeah, and growing up in, in, in Brownsville, Texas, man, like the story, the beginning of the story of, of hobo football is Brownsville, Texas, because growing up, everybody was just all about high school football. Yeah, yeah. Like the, high, the the that one kid, man, you know, who was like the the quarterback, or whatever. He was like a celebrity at like sixteen, you know. Uh, it's crazy stuff, and then it, it always stuck in our in our heads about like how crazy our town was for high school football, you know.
1: It was like our city blues.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't want your life. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs>
1: That's funny. That's
0: funny. Well, I've also seen you've done animations of them. Is your goal someday to turn this into a cartoon?
2: Yeah, uh, this is no joke. I, uh, I know and I, and I don't even I'm not even going to try to like hide it. Uh, I I'm, I'm very familiar with the guys over at Powerhouse because uh, I, I used to I, I used to freelance there. I freelanced there for a couple months back when they didn't have any projects and then they offered me a job and I thought I was too cool for school and I turned it down like a dummy. And then they got all these Netflix jobs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't regret a lot of stuff, uh, but that's probably the closest to a regret that I might have. And so, whenever I see them around town, because they're in Austin, and uh, I actually see them quite a bit, because they go to a lot of the conventions. And I even saw uh, one of the one of the guys, Bruce, uh, just walking downtown, and I cornered him like a like a freak, and just <laughs> was like, was like, "Do you remember me?" He probably doesn't. But he said, yes, because I probably terrified him <laughs> now I was like, "Oh, I got your email. I gotta send you some stuff, and I sent them the comics, and then I saw um Brad at one of the conventions and I gave him all the books and uh, there there's uh, I definitely want uh something to come out of it, and I'm definitely bugging the crap out of people who could make it happen, but uh you know it's definitely uh, there's definitely nothing happening in uh uh but that would uh, that would be awesome. That'd be a yeah. huge thing. Yeah, yeah, that'd um, be pretty awesome.
3: I don't know. Wait, are we able to like switch to like wrestling? Because I don't have any like questions really about com- unless you yeah, have. Yeah, Joey
0: doesn't like comics. He doesn't no, show I mean, up for the this half. This is interesting. We do
2: comic uh, comics. Comics. <laughs> <laughs> kind of <a> uh, <laughs> I don't mind jumping back and forth because I do both.
3: I mean, would you like us? Would you like to tell a story? I heard something about uh. When you threw up on Ricky Starks.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fred reads comics at fredreadscomics.com. I told you that in confidence. God, I can't
1: help it. <laughs> yes. Uh,
2: uh, Ricky Starks is a friend of PWR, um, as is um, almost any wrestler in Austin, Texas, that isn't a piece of garbage. Uh, because w- P- PWR has the one of the best wrestling rings in Texas like no joke it's it's amazing and you know they keep it in great shape and it's set up permanently so we can go in whenever in practice and people go in all the time uh you'll see there's a couple WWE guys who have gone in there when there are WWE shows uh and they'll just go in and you know work out for a little bit before before they get their ring set up and So, yeah, Ricky goes a lot, or he did. Now he's a little busy, Uh, rightfully so. That dude, it deserves everything that's coming to him. And um, so, yeah, he was there one day. Uh, He showed up about an hour after I did, and I had just done three uh, practice matches. Uh, And they were really good, man. I was in there with Luigi Primo, and we did this this one really cool power slam spot. And then I worked with two of the younger guys and helped them uh, map out like a match to like tell a story rather than just move move move, uh, and it was really good. And I was feeling pretty good. My cardio was nice, uh, and then I just started chugging water. I chugged <laughs> three huge cups of water, and then Ricky uh, Ricky Stark shows up, and uh, also with uh, Chrissy James. She was on oh, okay. on on uh, a a couple uh, a couple of uh, AEW shows, so they show up and they they want to run some stuff and ricky's like anybody want to do a practice match with me that's my ricky stark's impression it's really <laughs> it's really it's, bad it has I sounds know, nothing it's, like it's it.
1: actually
2: pretty good <laughs> <laughs> hey like, yeah you want to do a practice match with me and like and then uh luigi primo like a jerk says uh oscar do you want to do a match with ricky and i was not prepared i just chugged all that water I like but I said sure I'll do it because I've always wanted to work with like the the indie indie guys like to just see if you see if you still have it you know like the like the old man who goes to the bar to try to pick up a, a chick you know <laughs> to see if he still got his game <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: so I get in the ring we start working I put him in a headlock uh, and he's like throw me the ropes give me the shoulder block throw him put him down uh, and then I pick him up again he reverses it. And then what he does is um, he throws me to the ropes. and He says, "Hold on to the ropes," and then and then uh, slingshot me. So I re- I ran, I hooked the ropes, and he ran, and I picked him up and I slingshotted him. And then uh, after that, I got him in a headlock again, picked him up. He pushes me off, and he gave me a drop kick. Now, if you've if you've seen Ricky Stark's drop kicks, they're amazing, super crazy. Crit- they're like Orton drop kicks, and this dude goes full force with the drop kick. And he goes, he hits me here. You can't see it in the podcast. Like, <laughs> one inch from my face, full force. And, like, his toes, like, like tap me on the head. Wow. And I take a bump, and I'm like, that was amazing. That's why this guy's a fucking pro. And then I get up. As soon as I get up, uh, I rush him. And he's like, oh, slam me. I slam him. As soon as I slam him down, <laughs> the water comes up. <laughs> oh, shit. And I just like puke on him. <laughs> All water, thank goodness, no chunks. <laughs> and he was like, what the hell? Oh, <laughs> and he, I think he was just more like freaked out than like this. Because <laughs> he was like, not, I mean, he's I've probably seen much worse uh traveling. So he was I was like, I apologize like big time I was like, man, Ricky's fuck, I'm sorry, dude. That was that was gross <laughs> and he was like ah it's all good man it's all good yeah. he's he's definitely he's definitely like super chill you know like uh one of the shows that we had um uh, i gave him shit backstage because he didn't shake uh the the champion's hand which was the puppet at the time <laughs> and he was like apologizing to the puppet. He's like oh my bad my bad and we took a picture together it was pretty funny Nice. But yeah, it's pretty surreal seeing him on TV.
1: Yeah, it, oh, it, it? it definitely is. Um, speaking of, for those that don't know about the puppet, the puppet is your gimmick, right, Pugginhead? Yes. Or are you his gimmick? I'm not sure how that works.
2: Yeah, I think it's like the Undertaker now. I don't know where it begins and ends. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was another silly thing because uh, I made that puppet because I also grew up a big Jim Henson mark. You know, I was all about the Muppets growing up, too. And so uh, it was about maybe two years after my kids were born. I was uh, trying to, like, keep busy Uh, uh, because, like, you know, the whole thing that people say is, like, when you have kids, you can't do anything anymore, you know. (laughs) And I've Mm -hmm. actually learned the opposite is that since I have kids, like, I just want to do more. So I just produce more stuff. I mean, we didn't do these comics until after my kids were born. And, uh, well, like Gary Vee says, right? One day you're going to die. One day you're going to die! <laughs> That's what Gary Vee says. <laughs> T- but, uh... Is...
1: Nope.
2: <laughs> he's this dude that screams at you and tells you to go uh, 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 flip stuff that you buy at yeah. garage sales.
1: Yeah, like a sneaker head.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, it, um, so I made this puppet, and I just want to do silly YouTube videos with them. Uh, and at the same time, that's when I fell in with the PWR guys, Party World Wrestling, and I started because I played their their villain. Uh, well, backtrack real quick. I was their original trainer because they got the ring, and they started doing shows before anybody learned how to wrestle, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and and. Nobody got injured, but people were getting hurt. Yeah, and so I they one of them found me, and asked if I could uh, be their trainer, and mainly because back then, like no self respecting indie wrestler would talk to these guys, you know, because <laughs> they were in a backyard. And so I taught them how to uh, do some bumps and stuff. And then they asked me if I wanted to be in the show, and I was really hesitant because I didn't like the independent scene. I, I actually stopped. Uh, wrestling a couple years into me moving to Austin because the the backstage scene was like so toxic.
0: Mm.
2: So I just didn't want to be a part of it. Uh, and I lived too far to be doing shows in Brownsville. Uh, but anyways, and if if somebody knows how to wrestle and somebody asks them if they want to wrestle, that is like crack. Like you're offering them crack. You're offering them a drug that they were addicted to. So I, I, there's no way I could say no. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll play the whatever bad guy you want. And it was a robot named deep slam, this big evil wrestling robot. And he, uh, I played him for two shows and then he was murdered. Uh, and after he was murdered, well, he had to die. He was, he was taking over the world. You know, what do you want? (laughs) Uh, and after that, uh, the promoter said, Hey, um, the next show, you can do whatever you want. Like, well, I was very happy with the deep slam stuff, so you get to try out any gimmick you want. And I said, "Are you sure?" Because I think I'm going to do a uh, Mexican Jim Henson, <laughs> and I'm going to be on my knees, and they're going to wrestle the puppet because I had this puppet lying around that I made to do YouTube videos that never really panned out. And at How the time, react to that. Yeah, the and the the PWR audience is like so forgiving Mm -hmm. and so like happy with what we're doing that you have to be, you have to be like horrendous Mm -hmm. to, to fail, you know, Mm -hmm. at least, at least back then. Uh, And luckily they accepted the silly puppet and they, and they changed the gimmick. I mean, you guys were asking about the gimmick. Um, Originally it was about the old man. And the puppet was convincing this old man to get in the ring. And I was going to tell the people that it was just a puppet in one of the promos. And they started booing me. And they started a real boy chant. So, yeah, so I had to change the gimmick. And from, from that point on, he was a real boy. And I set up these rules to re- how to wrestle him. You have to treat him like he's real. Nobody calls him a puppet anymore. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a real boy. <laughs> nice.
0: Well, I love that you bring the comedy because it's the same kind of thing as the comics. You're creating a character, and you bring—that's why the comics and wrestling work. I've always said that is because you're telling a story, you're bringing some comedy to it, and yeah, it's pretty awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's for, it, it's all telling stories. That's what uh, mm-hmm. wrestling and comics have in common. that you you're taking the viewer or the reader on an emotional trip, you know? And my trip. It's usually comedy.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned about the Texas not wanting to be it. Because I was telling Fred that I I think right now Texas wrestling is like at its peak. It's huge, man. And especially women. There are so many. Not all of them have even made it to TV yet. There's some great ones that are still waiting to get up there that are just... It seems like the scene is
2: huge. Yeah, it's bigger than it's ever been, man. Uh, And it's bigger and it's healthier, uh, there's still some bad, but there's a lot of good, you know, it's, ah. it's a, it's a very healthy, uh, indie scene.
1: So who are your top, like people that you've worked with that people might know besides like Ricky Starks and Anna or Anna Jane? what was the, um, was uh, Chrissy Jane? Christy. Yeah.
2: Technically I never worked on them unless you count throwing up on Ricky Starks working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've worked out with them. Um. Uh, I actually lost a couple of cardio uh, games against Chrissy Jane. Uh, she's a machine, let me tell you. But um, let's see. Uh, people that have been on TV, nobody. But uh, a lot of indie tex- Texas indie guys that are fantastic, like uh, Jojo Bravo, Jay serious uh, Sprita, Dino Rider. That's all the same dude. But uh, if you get a chance to see that guy wrestle, you're in for a treat. He's He's amazing. I actually, uh, I actually worked with him in his like first year or first couple years in wrestling, like 15 years ago, and I wrestled my last match against him until PWR, which was like a nine year gap. And uh, I f- and he saw me at a PWR show, and it was like a little reunion. And he he was like uh, amazed at how packed PWR was. You know, we get like. A lot of people. I'm not allowed to say because of the fire code, but there's a lot of people. <laughs> uh, and um, when it came time for me to stop being their trainer, I suggested that he take over. So he's also the, well, he's now the uh, PWR head trainer. And he's pretty amazing. You can look him up. You might know, You might remember him from uh, the, the little security guard that Braun Strowman threw through a bunch of pallets one day on Monday Night Raw. It was pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Like grabbed him and like tossed him like ten feet. It was insane.
3: <laughs> Surprised he could still train people.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty nutty. He he's always one of the guys that like you'll see uh, on TV as like a security guy or the backstage dude. Like whenever uh, uh, WWE comes into town.
3: Um, do you know who uh, Yoshihiko is? Is the J- Japanese uh, d-
2: uh,
3: <clears throat> uh, like a doll like for wrestling?
2: Like, oh, yes, were you I have inspired
3: by that for uh Head?
2: I wasn't inspired by it because I didn't know it at the time, uh, but I did see him like maybe like a year or two into the pugginhead thing, and it was like you know kindred spirits, you know uh seeing something like that uh and seeing somebody like um uh who' say who did he, he who'd he work who'd he work brother uh <laughs> abushi like kind of right yeah. Yeah. yeah to see abushi do something like that really like uh gives me like confidence in what i'm doing you know because there's a lot of coronets out there you know a lot of melties what have you a lot of shiris who uh you know don't like haha in their in their wrestling you know i mean even a guy who does a ton of comedy like Cole cabana He'll go on a podcast and say, well, there's a limit to the comedy you can do, you know? Uh, personally, I think there's no limit, you know? Uh, there's no limit to what you can do in the ring as far as comedy and, you know, theater, the absurd.
3: Well, he also said that you had to be a good wrestler before you could be a good comedy wrestler.
2: And that I agree with. Uh, you have uh, Now, good is subjective. Right. So I will say uh, competent. You know, you got to be safe. Uh, If a guy is a bad wrestler by every, you know, by a lot of people's, um, uh, what do you call it? By by a lot of people's standards, if he can take a bump and if he can do a headlock and if he can do a clothesline, I'll get in the ring with him. you know, because if you're safe, you can, you can do anything, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of people talk about, uh, you know wrestlers being horrible uh, who are like on TV you know uh, I don't care about those opinions unless that person is injuring somebody or if they're them or if they themselves are getting injured, you know it's all about what to do with what you can do you know
1: yeah that that's a that's a good point because you know growing up watching Hulk Hogan, he wasn't the greatest wrestler, but he he knew how to play the crowd and tell a story to get his leg drop over.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, uh, you know, young Rocket Owen Hart was putting on bangers in the uh, the opening matches, you know, but the crowd is, you know, ho-hum about it. And then Hogan waddles in there and does his leg drop and people go nuts (laughs) because he spends the whole match teasing, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, you know? And that's how you get it. I mean, I did that in, a, in one of the wrestling matches. I've actually done it in like five or six wrestling matches. It's an easy back pocket thing, which is like there's going to be one body slam in this match, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to come right before your hope spot or, right before, or my hope spot if I'm the face. Uh, but I'm going to tease that body slam like four times in the match. I'm going to try it. I can't lift you too heavy, you know, my back hurts. I'm going to try it like 3 or 4 times. I'm even going to pick you up and then I'm going to fall back and you're going to you're going to pin me for a two count, you know? But I'm going to try it so many times and fail that when I do that body slam that when I finally do it, the people are going to go nuts. And if you do it if you do it properly like that, telling the story, uh, the the people will go crazy when you finally slam that person. And all you did was a was a tease a body <laughs> slam the whole time. That's all. And I, I worked with somebody who um, was having trouble taking bumps one time at a, in, in, a, in a show, a pretty big show, in fact. And it, it, if you agree to do a match with somebody and there and there's restrictions, you just work with it, you know. Uh, this person said, "Hey, I'm having really, I'm having a really big problem bumping," uh, and I was like, "Cool, cool, 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 cool." Hmm. Well then you're not gonna bump. You know? You're just not gonna bump. And they're like, Well, how do we put this match together when you if if, if I can't bump? It's like, have you ever seen a Hogan match? Like half of Hogan's match half, half of Hogan's bumps aren't bumps. Half of his bumps are you punch him or you kick him, he turns around and gets on one knee and goes, Oh, like that, you know? Yeah. Or biggest, he grabs he the gravitates. rope.
3: Huh? I said, the biggest bump he probably takes is dropping a leg drop. Behind. His own
2: bump. Yeah. yeah. Just falling on his own butt. And so half the time he'll, he'll, he'll react to it, but not actually take the bump. you know. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, that I've come to learn is that there's more than one way to tell a story. You know, yeah. uh, you just got to work with what you got. What's it like?
0: watching like do you ever watch these tv shows with civilians people that have never been in the ring and you just kind of to yourself are like giggling because they're like oh that guy's horrible he can't even lift (laughs) that guy and you know like he's he's working you
2: oh absolutely they're they're working you
0: you guys don't even know it
2: (laughs) i mean even better than that is people getting worked who are like you know smart people who are smart to the business and they'll say Oh my God, did you see Adam Cole went on that McAfee guy's show and he just like <laughs> cursed him out and he got so angry. It's like, there's no way in hell that would have ever happened if it wasn't scripted. Like, there's no way. Just, you know, it it, it was amazing, you know, it was super entertaining and like, to me, the most entertaining part was how easily they, they worked the unworkable, you know, yeah. the smart The schmarky, smart marks, they (laughs) all, they all, uh, they all ate it, you know? Yeah.
1: So out of like currently, what are you watching wrestling wise?
2: Wrestling wise, I'm watching a ton of AEW. Um, I don't have a lot of time on my hands. So, uh, right now that's the main show that I'm watching. And and like uh, like even like the pay per views too like it's a it's a big company they I really want them to succeed so like you know I catch the I catch the PPVs you know whenever they come out uh, so that's pretty much the main thing I'm watching I also watch NXT because it's on the same it's on the same night so I'll watch one back to back if if somebody's doing an India show that that uh, that I, I might know somebody on. I'll check that out too.
0: Do you watch Ron Smackdown? Uh
2: I watch the recaps. Mm-hmm. Uh sometimes I'll watch like this is the thing I stopped watching. I mean I go back and forth, you know. It's uh you know, it's a hell company ran by an evil dictator who's pretty rough and evil, so you don't really want to support them, but its wrestling is the main show, you know. Yeah. So you don't knock somebody who watches it because I mean me myself, I I've, I've been watching them since I was a little kid first wrestling show I ever saw was Wrestlemania 3 on VHS and uh so like I'll, I will tune in every once in a while um, lately what has gotten me to watch the show is uh Rey Mysterio mm-hmm. I mean I was a huge fan growing up and I remember little baby Dominic man uh-huh. when he showed up as a little baby like and I'm old enough to be that, that kid's dad <laughs> so like it's funny, man. Watching like the 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 whole feud he had with uh, with Ray and Eddie, and then seeing it go full circle, and he's like he's wrestling now, yeah. And like he's pretty competent in the ring. Uh, he's got some really killer guys to work with. So like, as long as he listens and does what they tell him to do, he's he's gonna like be a major major player. You know, he's getting put to the front of the line a
0: little bit ahead of. <laughs> like andrade and
2: absolutely know, but you Angel know what I
0: mean garza and yeah the other guys. and
2: that's definitely how wrestling goes man you know rep- wrestling uh you know there's a whole lot of nepotism in it but that i mean that just goes back to the old school days where like a promoter uh can't trust a lot of wrestlers you know uh to not jump ship so he's going to promote people who will never leave him which are the kids that's why, like you know, that's why all the Von Eriks were top stars. That's why Dustin uh, became a star. You know all yeah. that stuff.
3: Who are some of your favorite wrestlers
2: uh, of all time? Let's see. All time, Eddie, Eddie and Ray. I love those guys. The, and the stuff they did in the ring was amazing. The stuff that Ray still does in the ring is like amazing. I mean, me and Rolando were talking about like how is how is Ray Mysterio still doing what he's doing? It's like hmm. it's it's ridiculous. And then, re- and at the same time, it's like the, uh, Sonic syndrome on if you, you know, it's like a, that's a video game thing where a Sonic, the hedgehog game will come out and people will get really excited about it. And then the Sonic, the hedgehog game will come out and then people crap all over it. Yeah. And then a year later, another Sonic, the hedgehog game comes out and people will get super excited about it. Sonic the hedgehog game comes out, people crap all over it <laughs> and it's all done by the same studio. But for some reason, instead of people going, oh, the last one sucked. This one's not going to be good. Everybody goes, oh, my God, that trailer was so cool. I can't wait for the next Sonic the Hedgehog game. (laughs) And like uh, Rey Mysterio has his own cycle, which he shows up hot, gets in a really hot feud, has a really hot match, then he gets injured. And he gets injured for like maybe four, six months, comes back. Really hot match, really hot feud, super cool pay-per-view, gets injured again. And like it sucks that that happens, yeah. but at the same time, all that time off that Ray does is why he could still do what he does at the, at his age, you know. So you know, Ray, I was I was a big Hulk Hogan fan as a kid. I was a huge Hulkamaniac as a kid. Uh, not so much nowadays <clears throat> with the things that he does and says. But uh, also Randy Savage, huge yeah. into Randy Savage. Uh, I used to do like little drawings of him hanging out with the Ninja Turtles. Uh, <laughs> now that would be a really cool crossover.
3: Were they were they eating pizza?
2: <laughs> no, they were doing like the action poses. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: yeah right now, um, my favorite wrestlers right now, not so much the TV guys. I, I think Darby Allen is nuts. Uh, he's definitely if he can stay healthy, he's going to be. Like he might be the biggest star in AEW uh in the next couple of years for sure. Healthy. Uh same for Jungle Boy. I mean that guy has everything that you want in, in as a wrestler. Um Luigi Primo, PWR's own, and he's yeah. now uh well <laughs> before before the pandemic, he started doing indies, like legit oh, nice. indie shows. Uh he's the current Inspire Pro Wrestling Champion, I believe. Okay, I know Inspire. Yeah. And he was um yeah and uh somebody I don't know who it is somebody is paying uh celebrities to talk about him on cameo which is kind of weird <laughs> fans the things fans spend their money on it's pretty crazy uh, yeah but Luigi primo is really good he he uh really wants to adapt like this like the the British style of wrestling the old the old I can see that with the- yeah like the old world of sport kind of wrestling like he lives for that stuff man
3: um well seeing you said he's i mean he's with the party world wrestling how would you explain that to somebody that doesn't know what that is like what what their wrestling is like
2: party world wrestling it it is like it is like a comic book come to life man that's what it is it and it's the biggest craziest show you'll ever see live uh it's a party is what it is um Every show has a different theme. You know, we'll go, we go to the center of the earth and hang out with dinosaurs in one show. (laughs) Uh, one show we did, we went to a ghost mall, uh, haunted pirate ship. Uh, we saved the world a couple times. We saved the world from, you're welcome by the way. From you. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Well, one of them was me, uh, from deep slam, the evil, uh, Terminator style robot who took over all the computers, uh. Uh, via SlamNet, and uh, the second time was um, through th- the evil possessed Necro Belt, which uh, takes over the host, the, the the champion, and turns them evil. So if you win that belt, you're you're going heal, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is what happens. Uh, and the person who was the most healish was Randy the Eagle Eagleman. I he was a waiter uh, slash bird who. Uh, Won the belt and just turned evil. And he was about to take over the world until a little boy who with uh, nothing but uh, kindness and innocence in his heart, uh, Pug and Head, defeated him for the Necro Belt. And the Necro Belt tried to turn Puggy heel, but he can't because there's no, there's no bad in the boy. So it died. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, Party War Wrestling is the coolest show you'll ever go to. Uh, and it's a ton of fun to watch online, too. It's a uh, high comedy, high drama, um, tons of fun. Man. Oh, the crowd's so into it. That yes. was, yeah. I mean,
0: they, they, they know what to chant, and yeah.
2: Yeah, the crowds, the crowds are something else for sure. Uh, in fact, uh, when Pugginhead when the puppet, when the hand puppet won the world title, I legit saw people crying in the front row. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was nuts. It was super nuts. Uh, and I w- we did a Houston show once. And uh, after the Houston show, I got cornered by this giant drunk dude, uh, like two feet taller than me, who kept going on and on about how cool Pugginhead was and like telling me things that I guess he thought I didn't know about Pugginhead, which was weird. Because like, it- <laughs> he was like, I don't know. I don't know if he was like trying to gatekeep me on my own shit. it's like trying to talk to miyamoto about zelda you know but yeah he was going on and on about how cool pugginhead was and stuff and finally i kind of got what he was getting at and i looked at him straight in the face and i said do you want to meet (laughs) pugginhead and this big giant drunk dude said yes please so i went to my car I got the puppet out of the, I got Puggy out of the trunk of the car. He was taking a nap, and I said, "Wake up! You got a fan." And I went back in the bar, and I just hung out the rest of the night in the because oh, the show was at a bar. Uh, so I just spent the rest of the night in the bar with Head on my hand. It was it's pretty surreal. <laughs> <laughs> PWR is surreal.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Like uh, how much he he got over. Like I remember. Watching the first, I think the first pay per view I or the first uh, streaming pay per view that you guys had, I, I watched on off the Roku app, and man, it was crazy what what happened that show. But then I seen him drop the belt to the to the train. What, what's the guy with the train? Um, oh
2: yeah, they. Really oh, well, he dropped the belt to uh, Big Daddy Bolero, which is the evil uh, Texas. A uh, millionaire, uh, but then the show after that is when—that's oh, right. Yeah, the show after that is um, Puginhead was unfortunately run over by a train, at the hands of Boldecrw, and that's the last that we've seen Pugginhead. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if he's alive or dead or what. He, maybe he's in a coma. Who knows?
1: So he's gotten buried currently. <laughs> that's
2: a frustrating thing, man. Like it was like a, a pretty. Uh, a pretty huge cliffhanger Uh and then and then the pandemic happened you know so like i don't who knows how long this pandemic's gonna last but once it's done like do we pick up exactly where we left off or do we just try to start from scratch again you know who knows something we got to figure out
3: um i got one, one more question for you um if you had to like give up like watching and doing wrestling or writing comics and reading comics which one i mean that's oh that's a tough decision
2: bag of donuts do i <laughs> do i cut off my hand or do i cut off my foot i don't know uh well you know what if i had to give up one <clears throat> man maybe i shouldn't even answer Jeez, uh <laughs> i i would have to say i would have to say wrestling because um. They, the, the the what I like about both of them is the storytelling aspect, and the and the comics I can do 100% on my own terms, uh, without having to be a part of a larger en- entity. You know, so I mean, if I couldn't wrestle anymore, I'd still do comics. That's for sure.
1: Because he could write about wrestling comics. <laughs> ah. See,
3: he didn't even think of that.
1: Yeah. there
2: you go but quitting wrestling is easier <clears throat> said than done because like i said earlier it's 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 super addicting <clears throat> i don't do i don't do the drugs uh but bre- i mean i mean legit like taking all those bumps and stuff is like it's a huge adrenaline rush you know and uh it's uh it's a dragon that that wrestlers trace ch- chase you know yeah. uh, uh, in, uh into their old age you know you yeah. just want one more match brother you know
1: right and like like you mentioned um with puggin winning the title and you saw people actually crying you saw how invested they were in the storyline and that's huge and you don't necessarily get to see that when somebody reads like your comic
2: yeah the 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 gratification uh is instant for wrestling like it like it, it is it's instant like as soon as the music comes on and you wait like ten seconds for that song to get hot, and for the for the anticipation to build for the fans. As soon as you walk out and the people see you, and you just hear the the, the, the volume of the house like grow, it, it's a it's a trip, you know. It's a it's a it's quite the high. And I'm I'm not, growing up. I was super shy, and I would I'll I'll usually avoid uh, public like speaking if I can help it. But if you're in the ring with a microphone and there's all these people staring at you, for some people that sounds terrifying, you know? But like for me, if I'm in that if I'm in that like uh, environment, that's heaven. Like like half the puggin' head stuff I, I didn't script, you know? I just uh, half of it was just off the cuff making dumb jokes. And it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, the difference between the two, I thought, I'm just thinking about that, you know, drawing comics is a solitary activity. You know, the artist is alone. He's working on it most of the time. You don't know if it's going to get over your joke or whatever versus, like you said, the instant gratification of being in the ring and instantly, did it work? Did it not work? It's like almost two sides of your personality probably. Yeah. Yeah,
2: everything you plan in wrestling, you'll know if it works like right when you do it, right when you try it. Uh, comics, it takes a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. So currently with um, the state of wrestling right now, and since you have a soapbox right now, is there anything you want to address with the wrestling world? Any complaints? Any, anyone you want to push, get over?
2: <laughs> well, uh, if we do the serious stuff, I mean, now is a good time. I mean, you saw the whole speaking out movement that happened within wrestling uh most of most of the shows aren't happening most people aren't doing shows so this is a pretty good time to clean house to uh, look at the people who you're hiring and think about if you should hire them back when when once wrestling picks up again uh, given certain things that people may or may not do another thing uh, representation matters fellas uh, take a look at your your roster that you usually book uh take a look at how white they are and think maybe you should add a little color to that. Um, yeah. And not, um, yeah. I mean, that's the main thing is representation is a big deal. Uh, and, uh, so is not hiring scumbags. It's a, that's a huge deal. And who would I push? Let's see. Well, I mean, in WWE, you got to push big E right now uh he's he's definitely someone that they really need to push uh, i would have said keith lee but they're doing it so that's good um AEW is doing pretty good i think with everybody they're pushing i think they need to push more ladies uh yeah. they don't they don't have enough they got a really good roster man i just you you, you just don't see them because they don't book them it's it's unfortunate uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much. Yeah. I rail privately more than on the show
0: about their representation. Like AEW, I was very upset. I, I wasn't seeing Latino representation no. from the ladies for a long, long time. And then all of a sudden, boom, they blew up and they had four. Yeah. Um, and, and i made, it just made me happy. I know they and have a, I, finally I know. Yeah.
2: I, I know they have like a partnership, but if I was AEW, I, I'd find out whatever, uh, whatever nwa is paying thunder rosa and i'd i'd add a little something extra to that and put her make her official on the aw roster because she's pretty amazing yeah i mean she's she's a locker room
0: leader something that that locker room needs on the women's side
2: she runs her own uh uh, women's fed in texas Uh, i forget what it's called though but yeah
0: without a doubt that's something that i think is important um
2: again now yeah now, yeah, now so is something
0: Tina's coming out of texas
2: absolutely man for sure uh but yeah right now wrestling is getting something that it never had and desperately needed which is an off season
0: well i guess as we kind of start wrapping up what's next like uh, the, the book almost done you don't know when you're going to wrestle again do you have any other projects you can tease or
2: yeah, well, uh, uh, Puggin' Head was recently assigned to uh, uh, Developmental. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say exactly what company it is, but it rhymes with NXT. Oh, crap. I just <laughs> said it. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, right Yeah, right now what's going on is uh, Mashbone and Grifty issue four. Uh, I'm going to try to I'm gonna get that out uh, in November, uh, hopefully in November. Um, that's going to be both separate where it could be purchased separate uh, or as part of Mashburn and Griffey Volume 1, Open for Biz*, the graphic novel, which we did the successful Kickstarter. Uh, but it looks like we might have an extra, uh, a, a bunch of extra prints, so we can, we can actually sell them on our website, which would be very nice. Uh, and after that, uh, I'm doing a book with the Professor uh, Frederick Luis Aldama from uh, Ohio State. Uh, he oh, okay. yeah he saw our uh, funny silly comic books and said hey these are the perfect guys to hook up with and do a comic book about the uh, border crisis uh, <laughs> because um, it's the complete opposite of what they do and uh, <laughs> so yeah I'm doing a very uh, a very serious uh, book about the border crisis with this guy. Uh, he wrote it and I'm drawing it. It, 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 The the style is totally different than what I draw. It's, uh, -hmm. very much out of my comfort zone in both artistic style and content. Uh, it's a lot of heavy stuff, uh, but I'm doing it. Uh, so that'll be out. Uh, I'm going to continue working on that once, uh, I'm done with the Matchman and Grifty issue. And then after that, uh, another issue of Lemon Pepper Hugs, our all-ages book. Uh, this time they're going to go to a par- uh, birthday party. And then after that, Mashbone and Grifty issue 5.
0: Nice.
2: Nice. Yeah, these books take a lot out of me. They take a lot of, uh, you know, it takes a lot of time to work on them. So I'm, I'm lucky if I do one a year, you know. Especially with Mashbone and Grifty, I mean, they're 48 pages each, each issue. It's a pretty meaty book, and I, I we did that because um, I just felt I it, it let the story breathe a little bit if it was two issues per story, but I didn't want to sell two issues, you know? I just want to sell one, so it's a 48-page book.
1: Nice, nice. So um, do you want to plug all your social medias and um, like your big cartel store and uh, Rolando's okay. social media as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rolando, I believe, is Rolo5meats, and I am uh, just 5meats. I do the the company uh, one. and Oh, you got me on the spot. I don't have the links, but you go to my Twitter, and mm. you can find all the good stuff. I have a big cartel. I uh, also got a Teespring store where you can get all the 5meats uh, apparel, all our Latinx-style stuff. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, I see who uh, buys the stuff, and I'm like, ah, there goes there goes Fred. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and it, it's much appreciated, man. I, I definitely dig the support, and I love supporting you guys too. I uh, you know retweet all your stuff, and I listen to the to the shows. It's good stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember I remember uh, first meeting you guys because well, I started listening to you separate from Real Comics. Yeah, and then. Uh somewhere in the algorithms, a dude named Fred Reads Comics shows up on my uh Twitter feed hmm. and I'm a hustler man, you know, with Mashbone and Grifty. I just want people to look at this book. So like I said, Oh, this dude's name is Fred Reads Comics. Type 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 Did he really
1: read comics? <laughs> no, he, he did question that. I remember that interaction. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Do you read <laughs>
2: comics? Check this one out.
1: <laughs>
2: and then he was like one of the few people to call me on the bluff and he got the comic and I was like, Oh damn. Fred does read comics. Yes, I did. I, I remember because
1: I, I bought the digital then I went to the store, bought the, the copies, the floppies, and I think I bought a shirt at the same time. I was like, whoa, he's got shirts too. Okay. it's
3: pretty cool. I think we
1: got a cup too. <laughs> yeah, we do have a coffee mug.
2: Nice. Yeah, I definitely like to have a good, uh, diverse group of merch, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time Teespring adds a different kind of you know, merch material or whatever. I get up on that and I add them. Uh, next thing to come is, I think, uh zip uh, front zipper hoodies and uh, fanny packs. I'm gonna oh, get
1: fanny
3: packs. Yeah,
2: and that, that's wrestling right there, brother. <laughs> you yeah. need one of those. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get me a fanny pack for the next uh, convention we go to. We have conventions ever come back. If big world. big if man. Yeah
0: alright well it was a lot of fun thank you for coming on uh, we should have done this a long time ago we should have like to do it again You know. oh
2: uh, real quick uh, mini review of uh, the last AEW pay per view oh okay uh, the weakest AEW the weakest AEW pay per view but all their shows have been amazing so that's not necessarily a knock mm-hmm. I, uh, best I women's match they've critique. ever had yeah. Yep. 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 For sure. Um, a- as much as they like to say we're not WWE, the decisions they made in the Matt Hardy match were total WWE moves, and they they definitely I don't know whose decision it was, but in their head they said, "What would Vince do?" Which yeah, is yeah. film it, and they did, yeah. and that was unfortunate. They should have they should have just cut cut yeah. and play someone else's music to start another match immediately. Hey like like, okay. it doesn't like the for for them to do. If I may just hop on the soapbox real quick, for them to do that, it was it was pretty awful because uh that's they're telling me that the outcome they wanted was more important than the health of the wrestler. You know, because like it was a, a, a was it false, false count anywhere or, or last man standing? Yeah, like, false count. Last, anywhere, last man, man standing. He was
0: gonna have to leave the. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it was last man standing, and he literally could not get up for that ten right. count so it should have been ended but they didn't because they wanted matt hardy to win right because they put this gimmick on that said if he doesn't then matt hardy uh is gone from AEW well well
3: he might have been if he if even cuz they continued the match he could have been gone cuz i mean they i think that um so they said that his, his wife got really mad and i really thought he was going to retire this
2: week when absolutely absolutely and like If they didn't want him to lose because they put this stipulation, like that, that stipulation didn't even tell me that Matt was going to win because this guy showed up in AEW as Damascus and had, and he would like show up every week as Millionaire Matt, Matt Hardy version one. He had like ten gimmicks in AEW. He's only been there like six months. Uh, Matt Matt Hardy has more variants than an image comic. You know what I mean? So like for him, he, he could have lost and then just came back as a different Matt Hardy. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Just
3: Matt, Matt Hardy he's not
2: here. Yeah, exactly. All the other ones. And like Matt, Matt Hardy, the character he was playing, that's something he never did before was just, you know, hey, this is me without the gimmicks, which is a gimmick on the, in and of itself, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really, that really bothered me that, that whole segment.
0: That Everything about it. it
1: it bothered me so much like when I watched it and after he, he was hurt and I could clearly tell he was hurt I was I couldn't get back into the pay-per-view and I was like this is the worst pay-per-view away. I've ever watched and I, I seriously walked away and Joey kept saying this is great but I couldn't get over that they kept well it going I mean
3: I thought like the last couple like the matches like were good but like it didn't take away from like the rest of the right. show
1: not being No, but it took me out of it because right. I kept thinking that I mean, he looked like he oh, was Aubrey dead. <laughs> the up. He was really Aubrey broken.
0: You've got to trust your referees. She mm-hmm. was not messing around. She put yeah. that X up and she was right there. She was looking at him and she may not be a doctor, but you know, she's done enough matches that she knew. Exactly. This mm-mm.
2: And you can't play with that X, you know? Like that's yeah. a that's an old school WWE gimmick where you know, this is real. That bef- before we all knew what it was, that's what it yeah. was. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, I actually, I actually uh, used the X in a gimmick. <laughs> oh, I wow. actually did the thing that I'm getting mad at them for, because uh, because Pugnhead got uh, uh, took a pile driver and broke his neck in the ring, Uh-oh. and the ref held the X up and they put the puppet on a little stretcher one time. And stretchered him out. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. So you played Tony Kryon then, huh?
2: Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It, <laughs> it was a it was a, a ten minute segment of the of the paramedics like slowly putting him on, on the putting putting the puppet on the gurney. Holy while while me, his uncle was like crying in the corner the whole time. It was it was intense, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Nice. That's hilarious. <laughs>
2: That's hilarious. <laughs> other than that one thing man it, it was a it was a pretty good show yeah it, i think it needed people
0: i think that it's we're finally getting to the point that it's harder and harder for these guys to get over without
2: crowds yeah um, but it's scary though man like yeah uh, the fact that there's people there it's mm-hmm. you know at least aew uh likes to tell us if somebody gets sick you know mm-hmm. at least yeah. It turns out AJ Styles had it, and we didn't know until after the fact. Until he said he it said on a podcast. Yeah, on Twitch. And got the, you know, WBL mad at him. <laughs> got yeah. everybody shut down from Twitch. So. <laughs> yeah, people want to blame Lana for that, but I don't buy that. I think it was AJ. Yeah, I think so too.
0: And just the fact that everybody started doing it all of a sudden with their own name. Yeah. I think good old, Matt Cardona talked about it too much on podcast how it was great that I used my own name yeah. and now I own everything and someone heard that finally at WWE and said yeah. okay we need to stop them from doing that.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, and when I say like Lana or or, or AJ's fault it, it's not their they they should be able to do whatever they want, yeah. you know. They are independent contractors. They can do they should be able to do whatever they want at their house. Uh shame on WWE. Agreed.
0: All yeah. right. Unless you guys got anything else, no. call it a night.
1: Yeah, I think we're. <laughs> I think we're good. I think Joey wants to go to Austin and train. But I mean, no, other not? than that,
2: <laughs> get some lucha. Don't throw <laughs> up. Yeah, <on> man. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot <laughs> promise that. <laughs> uh, well, one thing that I'll, that one thing for you know kids who are just starting wrestling. uh yeah. One little piece of advice is take the bump. <laughs> it, by that I mean. Uh, if a wrestler punches do you, you take the bump like fall down because when i was learning uh I was you in a were match Hulk Hogan in it? yeah it was so <laughs> dumb i was i was uh I was 17 and i was in the I was in a match with uh this old guy he was like 60 this little <laughs> withered old Mexican uh, and he was hitting me and i was go- i was just going like this because I'm a fan of rock and Austin and they trade punches you know uh-huh. But that's not what this guy's about. Take, He's going to hit me so I can fall down and he can, like, put me in a headlock. So he keeps hitting me and I just keep, like, going like that. And, then, <laughs> and then, so what he does is he does an open hand palm strike right to my face. Wham! And knocks me on the ground, like, hard style, you know? Like, uh-huh. for reals. And then he picks me up and throws me in the corner. And he tells me in Spanish, while he's choking me, he says, uh... You're gonna fall for the fake ones, or you're gonna fall for the real one. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> yeah. Lesson learned. So that you day. started
1: selling, and huh?
2: yeah, I sold the <laughs> that's rest where of that. It all I began. sold the rest of that show. <laughs> <laughs> See,
1: nice. That's what you have to do. You have to sell. You have
3: yeah. to do the doll. That's Ziggler. all I do on this show. Oh, wow. Everything <laughs> sells
0: because oh, of me. Oh my God! Ah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> With... Say good night, Joey. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, um I don't know how to take this out as usual, but um got anything? No. Okay. See ya. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Peace.
0: Oh lord, you have to work on your promos, kid.